0: We love it so much, we really do use it ourselves, and we have four years, and I personally recommend you give it a try, no matter how small your business is. And to sweeten the deal, just for listening today, you also get three months free. Go to gusto.com slash boss. That's gusto.com slash boss. Welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creatives, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want to take control of their work and live life on their own terms. I'm your host, Emily Thompson, and in this episode, I'm joined again by Iman Ismail to talk about her recent maternity leave, which, as you'll hear, was executed in a way that I believe is a wonderful example of what is possible for us to accomplish in our boss-owned businesses. We'll go on the journey of planning, taking, and coming back from her recent maternity leave as a micro-business owner with client-facing services. You can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at w www.beingboss.club. And if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show and share us with a friend. Want to build a more streamlined business, but want to do it in quick spurts of actionable info? Then you've got to check out I Digress, a show hosted by Troy Sandage, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. With shows under 30 minutes, I Digress helps eliminate complexity, complications, and confusion in your business with frameworks and strategies to achieve scalable and sustainable success. And does so with episodes like How to Attract Your Ideal Customer in an Oversaturated Market, And hourly rates versus project pricing, charge for value for results instead of time. Learn more and listen to I Digress wherever you get your podcasts. Iman Ismail is the person to call when you want to make money from your emails. As an email conversion strategist and copywriter, she helps six-plus figure online business owners and e-commerce brands fire up their conversions, evergreen their sales, and turn fans into superfans. When she's not writing high converting emails for clients, delivering workshops, or teaching business owners how to write copy that converts, she's binging either podcasts or pizza. Welcome back to the show, Iman. I'm so glad to be having this chat with you today. Hey, Emily. Thank you so much for having
1: me again. Honestly, being on this show once was just a dream. So I'm so happy to be here a second time.
0: Yeah. This is going to be such a good one. The topic today, which is taking a maternity leave, is one that comes up Constantly. I mean, there's not like a season of having babies. You know, we're all having babies all the time. (laughs) Someone's Mm -hmm. always having a baby. And so someone is always either coming into our Monday meetups or, you know, just shooting an email or, you know, around like some sort of conversation going, OMG, I'm pregnant. OMG, I have to plan maternity leave.
1: (laughs) Help. What do I do? (laughs) Yeah, that was me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like where where does one even start? So before we dive into that, because I want to go through all the things that you went through, or at least some of them, a good number of the things that you went through over the course of planning, taking and coming off of maternity leave, I want to start with just, you know, what's been going on. You were last on the show about a year ago, so June 2021. Um, What's been going on since then other than maternity leave?
1: Yeah, well, I was going to say the biggest thing has to be the new addition to the family. So I now have a seven-month-old, almost eight-month-old, and that means I have two boys. So one who's a little older at six and then... And then my youngest at seven months, so it has really just been me kind of adapting um, to this new life, and also trying to grow my business while also giving myself the kind of space that I needed. It's been, a, it's definitely been a year of just trying to find some kind of balance, and I'm still working on that we're 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 getting there um but I've also just been trying really hard to enjoy life a bit more you know just every like really taking every single day and so I try to start every day now with a walk in nature and just just really enjoy the time that I have and Make the most of being a business owner, I think one of the things that I've realized over the past year is how I mean there are loads of difficulties, obviously as we know, and we're going to get into those around being a business owner. but I want to make most of the positive stuff and like the benefits more, which is you know the flexibility and the freedom and the and the the independence. so definitely been trying to find that balance and just trying to make the most of the the good stuff about being a business owner.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel like that's going to be a whole fun part of this conversation for sure. But you also made a really big move in the past year too, correct? Yes,
1: yes. I moved countries. So I was in the UK and I've now moved to Europe. And so it has oh, I mean so much has happened. I I moved countries. I actually I moved my business over as well. So I am now officially a company, um a limited company here in Europe. So it has been a lot, a lot. And it's so funny because I had all these plans. I mean, we'll go into this in a second, but I had all these plans about what I was going to do. Like I'm going to have this space during my time leave. So yeah, this is what I'm going to do with that space. There was no space. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, trying to like set up this company has been, um, has been has been a lot. And it's felt so hard at times that I kind of thought, why does this feel like I'm starting again? And then I kind of just sat, for a moment and thought well actually I kind of am like this is a yeah. whole new entity it's a whole new thing it's 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 for me it felt like it was you know the same business but it's a new company in its own you know right and so there's been a lot a lot going on and just trying to manage that and you know being a proper grown-up business owner and And dealing with, I think there's definitely been a lot of growth over the past year. So dealing with kind of bigger numbers and figures and feeling comfortable and um, confident enough to deal with those bigger numbers, um, bigger clients and names as well. So
0: it's been, it's been a, it's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long year. It sounds like. It has.
1: And sometimes you just got to just think like, wow, you know, yeah. Chill out. You did all that. I,
0: <laughs> but also, but also you that. did all that. And I'm <laughs> glad that you touched on this because I was going to ask the question, you know, in the past year, you know, you moved to countries, which is no small feat. You no. literally, you know, reincorporated or however you guys say that over there, um, mm-hmm. your business in a completely different like like government entity, right? Um, and you got pregnant, had another baby, went on maternity leave, like all of these things. And you exterior and, and you still experienced growth while sort of recalibrating that like work life balance where it sounds like you had a very life heavy year, right? Yeah. But your business still saw growth. Yeah.
1: And it was it was hard work. And I think I'm gonna be totally honest and say some of that was probably motivated by anxiety at one point <laughs> with the baby on the way. But yeah. you know, I have, I have really big goals for myself and, and I think yeah, I just, it really annoys me that sometimes it feels like as women, we have to choose between family and business. And I just, I refuse to let my business suffer because I want a family. It doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think that that should be the case. And so, I'm working really hard to kind of find a way to keep growing both and keep nurturing yeah. both. Yeah.
0: I mean, you're definitely talking about like a sort of ancestral mindset, right? Of like, you can't be a businesswoman or like a professional woman and have a thriving thing. You have to choose one or the other. That's something that we're all like instilled with and yes. have been for generations, right? Even as we're sort of crawling out of that, like it's still very much so ingrained in us, but it is not necessarily true. Like We can just as easily, maybe if even more easily, decide to believe that we can have a thriving, happy business and a thriving, happy family. And maybe it's, you know, it doesn't look like it would have looked, but it can happen. And I love that you're like prioritizing, sort of making that choice that you can have both. Yeah. And, you know,
1: it's been, it's been really hard because I think I've been grappling a lot with, you know, I, it's just, I just feel like it's such, it's so boring of me to even say, it's just so cliche, but <laughs> mom, you know, I'm just so tired of even thinking about mom guilt yeah. and, you know, all that yeah. kind of guilt. Oh, um, you know, if I'm taking, if I'm spending time in my business, I'm not as with my kids as much as I should be. Well, you know what? I have I'm li- I'm in my home office. I've literally created an office in my home so I can be at home <laughs> as much as possible. I do as much as I can. And I've realized that I'm a better mother to my kids when I am feeling fulfilled in other ways outside of the family and they get a better version of me for it. And so when I started to think of it like that, I really started to prioritize having... Um, me time whether it is just going for that walk and you know listening to a podcast or carving out time to work on my business because that's what fills my juices creatively it's important for me and it's important for them and also I my oldest son is getting to an age where we have this conversation about me working and you know why I work and I'm very open with him about the fact that, well, I I work so that we can, you know, have nice things and so that we can be stable and safe. And, and also because I love my work and I've started to talk about that second aspect a lot more now. I love my work and I want to do it. And it's really funny because we were just walking through the supermarket about an hour ago and I don't know where he got this from, but he said super loud as six-year-olds do, mama, are you rich? (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty sure the people around me had. I was like where I don't know where he got that idea from so I just kind of clarified that for him no I'm not rich but I plan to be we're gonna get there <laughs> So, but it's you know it's great to be able to have those conversations with him about business and and money and 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 dreams as well he's at the age where he's talking about what he wants to be and what he wants to do and so it's I think it's inspiring for him and I know as someone who is the daughter of a working mother who she she worked my mom worked so hard all it ever did was um motivate me and then I got to a certain age where I could just really appreciate really how much she did and I wouldn't want it any other way for my own kids
0: yeah Oh, you just touched on so many nuggets there that I think are so important. If anyone needs to rewind and listen to that again, (laughs) I feel like you have definitely the right mindset um, in terms of the opportunities that we have in, you know, instilling in our children this sort of better way of looking at work right of like and how it is that we want to enter into the work that we do and curate and cultivate the work that we do and all of those things um that is so much maybe more healed than it has been ever right and so i love that you're doing all of that I love that you're having all of those conversations i think that you know, this sets a really great foundation for for the conversation we're here to have. But I think before we dive into that, maybe like let's give a little bit of perspective in terms of you and your business, because we're going to talk about you yeah. planning, taking, and coming back from your maternity leave um as you <laughs> in the business that you have. So let's set the stage. If you wouldn't mind, give me a quick recap of what you do and who you do it for, and I think for the purpose of this conversation too, sort of what your team looks like. Oh, great question. Okay,
1: so I am an email strategist and copywriter and I help um, online business owners and e-commerce brands fire up their conversions, evergreen their sales and turn fans into super fans through email. So that is just a really kind of fancy way of saying that I help my clients, business owners, make money through email and not just make money, but also really build impactful relationships that can um, help their businesses grow not just financially, but also through that, you know, building of relationships. And when I was here last year, my business was called Ink House. And with the moving of countries and, you know, uh, creating a new company, the name Inkhouse was taken. <laughs> so oh, my
0: God. I know. <laughs> it's like
1: worst nightmare. <laughs> worst nightmare. And I was devastated initially. And then I thought, you know, it's a chance for me to uh, rebrand yeah, because it was kind of feeling like Ink House didn't really fit me anymore. I have ac- I'm accidentally really kind of a personal brand. Like people come to me for me. They know it's me. I'm very kind of, my face is kind of everywhere. And so I thought this is a good opportunity for me to rebrand. And so my new company is called Iman Copy Co. And I have kind of left room there I've, I've, it was so difficult choosing a name, but right now it's, it's just me, but I've left room there in the name for, for the company to grow. Again, last year it was a little different in terms of how my team looked. I had an assistant and I had a social media manager and I, I, I let both of those go on good terms as I was kind of entering maternity leave. And when I came back, my intention was to hire, rehire my social media manager. And um, she did a, a great job. And I think we worked on my Instagram specifically and I think that I love Instagram and I think it's super important for my business. However, coming back into work, I realized how much, and after talking to you, uh, you gave me a bit of advice too. I realized how much I really just need some, um, some support before I get to even kind of social media. So I'm actually hiring a, for an assistant right now. So I'm looking for an assistant right now and I'm hoping to get someone to kind of help me with that kind of side of my business, you know, kind of systems, ops, admin, all that stuff. So right now, it's just me. I've really scaled back. um, But I don't intend for it to be just me um, much longer.
0: Perfect. And I love this view of like, Going into maternity leave, you had a couple of contractors that you were working with. You were able to position. And that's one of the benefits of working with contractors, right? They sort of come and go very easily. So when you're in the time of your life when, you know, you're like, you know, am I going to have to, you know, take a pause for my business for whatever reason? And that's one of the benefits of working with contractors. It's easier to sort of come and go from those relationships in that way. So love that perspective let's talk about this maternity leave then. Um, I guess my first question to lead us into it, I think everyone always first wants to know, like, when do you need to start planning? Do you start like the moment you find out you're pregnant? Probably not a bad idea. Like five years before, if you're super type A, you already you already <laughs> have it all planned out. Or, um, or did you start later? And how do you feel about when you started? Do you feel like you started planning it at the right time or not?
1: Okay. So this is, this, oh, there's just so much to this question. So the first thing is that I think that if you know that you want to have a family or maybe you already have a, a family and you have already have kids and you want to have more, then it's a very good idea to grow your business in a way that, in a way that supports that from the very yeah. beginning. So yeah. you kind of want to take that into consideration from the very beginning. So, it was really funny because I came into January 2020, 20, no, 2021. <laughs> I'm, I'm confused, Emily. Um, <laughs> Who knows I came, what time is? <laughs> right. I came into January 2021 with a very clear idea that I want to work less and earn more. So that was my thing. Like I was like, I'm I am feeling a little burnt out. I joined this great mastermind. I'd already told my coach, like, this is the goal, work less, earn more. I want to change my entire business model. And so I was already planning to change my entire business model. I already had this plan that was um gonna create more space for me. I was gonna I decided to change my business so that I was doing like a, a VIP offer only type of business model so you know like people do VIP days for me VIP days aren't enough for me to work on email strategy and copy in a way that's meaningful for my clients so I decided to create my own thing called a VIP week so I would work with my clients on the email strategy and copy in kind of in weak chunks and I raised my rates because I mean I needed to at that point <laughs> and for the type of work that I was doing, that was like deep work and deep strategy and and how quickly as well that I was um, producing the work, my rates needed to go up. And so that meant that I could instantly start earning more. I decided I was gonna put a cap on the amount of clients I took. I was only gonna take two VIP weeks uh, a month. So that would leave me with two weeks that I was not working in the month with clients anyway. And so the idea was I'm gonna have like a week A where I have a VIP week and then a week B where I am maybe focusing on business development, marketing that kind of thing, and then a week A again where I'm doing a VIP week, and then an, and then the following week is clear of client work again. So I already had this plan. Now I've already shared this on another podcast, so I feel totally fine sharing this that this pregnancy was not planned. <laughs>
0: Okay, that was so, my next question. Were you doing all of this knowing no. that a baby, okay? And, and no clue. <laughs> Funny thing is I was already
1: pregnant at this point and I just didn't know it. <laughs> oh, wow. I had no, yeah. yeah. So I'm like planning this whole thing. I had no clue. And then I found out I was pregnant and baby was totally welcome. And we were very excited. It was a little bit of a shock. We just moved to country. So it was a lot. But yeah. um, yeah, it it was a lot but um I mean I knew I I always wanted to have more children I am an only child so I knew that I, I didn't want my son to be an only child and that was something that I, don't wanna, that I always just knew I know that I want to have more than one and so um that was that so I was, I was excited about that but it was a surprise and so <laughs> I wasn't planning for a baby or maternity leave or anything like that but it just felt so almost like it was meant to be because i'd already started planning this like new phase in my business where i was going to have more space and i was going to have more time and i was going to earn more and work less and i was going to work more um with you know clients that i loved working with and who made me you know excited and passionate about my work work less with the clients who stressed me out and it's so funny because I actually had a very difficult client I was working with at the time where you know I hadn't worked with someone who I'd found that difficult to work with for a very very long time at that point and I found myself kind of in the situation where I thought how did I how did I get here again you know when you just wonder like how did yeah. this happen and you feel like you're back in like <laughs> what in like did I do one wrong? Of your business, right <laughs> yeah I- and I and I, rem- I remember finding out I was pregnant, and I don't know if it was the hormones or I don't know if I just, <laughs> if all, I of just like, all of the above. Was- all of the above, right? It was all of it. <laughs> I just remember thinking, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Like I am done. Here's a refund. We're not going to be working together. All the best. And and it, that just felt like a completely new chapter. Yeah. I was like, okay, from now on. I, when I get that little feeling in my stomach that tells me like a client isn't a good fit, I'm going to go with that feeling and I'm going to create a business that makes me happy because I could see and feel that when, when I wasn't doing that, I'd bring all that stuff home, you know, and yeah. it affects everyone around you and it affects your kids and your partner and everything. And uh, I didn't want that anymore. So I'd already created this whole thing for myself. I was in a state of change. I'd already started planning it. And then I found out I was having a baby and I thought, well, now I just don't have a choice. I really have to do all this stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Time for some follow through. <laughs>
1: Time for some execution. So that, that was that. So, I mean, I would recommend that you you plan as early as you can. Um, but in my case, I didn't have that chance to. Uh, but as soon as I found out, I was instantly in. okay. Yeah let's start planning mode because I knew I'd have to sell for my maternity leave as well. So that was huge. I needed to figure it out.
0: HubSpot's CRM platform can help you kickstart your sales process, increase your leads and stay connected with customers. Plus it will scale with your business, making HubSpot the perfect tool for any creative business owner. Hear it from a real boss using HubSpot to grow their business.
2: My name is Laura DeFranco. I'm the founder of Free Period Press, a Being Boss podcast fan, and HubSpot CRM customer. It's really important to have a pulse on what's going on with our retail customers. I want to know how their customers are responding to our product, our prices, and what trends they're seeing in their shops. Even though we're working digitally, we're trying to keep our relationships as human as possible by developing real connections with store owners. We use HubSpot to track all of our wholesale accounts and prospects. We're honestly just scratching the surface in HubSpot's capabilities, but it's really nice to know that we're set up in a system that has the features we'll need as we grow. We track the contact information for all of our wholesale stockists and leads in HubSpot. There's so much data that we can add for each stockist, not just email and address, but any personal notes, the last time they ordered, or special requirements. When it's time to reach out to our accounts, we can filter so that we're sending more personalized messages to each store, and that is super helpful. My HubSpot CRM platform helps my business stay connected. Learn more about how I can do the same for yours at HubSpot.com.
0: Okay, so next question then, This sort of part of this is that transition that you were making in your business. So you decide you need to like make some shifts up until like it's relatively fully implemented and maybe not like planning maternity leave, but isn't that like, you know, phase, one is like setting up your business to support you while you can and be easier to sort of deal with a maternity leave, come back from maternity, all of those things. So I see this is sort of phase one of like getting your business ready for you showing up differently, right? Yeah. One way or the other. Um. About how long do you think that that phase took to feel like it was implemented? Oh, it was a while. Yeah. So
1: and I also was kind of... I, w- I was also, it was a transition period. It, yeah. was, it was a transition period. So I had started planning that in January and I already told, in January, I told myself, okay, from now on, any clients that come to me, I'm only going to offer the VIP week. I'm not going to take on any custom projects that go on for months and months like I had been, that I'm not going to do that anymore. However, I had already locked myself into some projects that took me up to May. So I knew that, I was in these projects and I needed to finish that. So that was interesting because that taught me something I didn't know about myself. Initially, I'd been super excited, you know, as you do. Um, you know, raving that I, I'm booked out for six months, how exciting. And then I realized the reality of being booked out for six months in advance. <laughs> um, and I really felt very claustrophobic. I felt very like stuck, I felt like the flexibility that I had you know been working so hard for had just had just completely gone and I was really locked in for five five months um and so yeah from that point on I realized I that's not for me Uh, some people some people want that and aim for that and that's fantastic but for me I can't I can't do it so I only ever book myself out at maximum like month and a half (laughs) in advance because I like being able to just be like okay great I'm gonna go travel or I don't know, I'm going to go do this or I'm just going to take a week off. That's what I live for. Um, And so it was a transition period. And I think the danger is that sometimes we feel like things should happen really quickly and we're doing something wrong if it doesn't. And I think what I did do well was that I prepared myself for a long transition and I gave myself permission for it to be a longer transition. And the goal was really to just have everything done as much as I possibly could up until the cutoff cut- point that I decided, and it wasn't something that needed to happen overnight.
0: Yeah. I think, well, one, you've definitely touched on another one of those, like, you know, sort of business standards that bosses, I think in general, should break. And this idea of like, you know, being booked out is like the pinnacle of like, you know, especially like solopreneur existence, right? Of like, that is your, your, your metric for success. But not the way we usually measure success, right? And so I I love that you realize so quickly and I hope anyone can can sort of take this or take something from this. The idea that that usual sort of pop metric (laughs) that you want to be booked out as far as possible is actually really detrimental to the flexibility and sometimes like creative energy of the kinds of work that we do.
1: Oh, yeah, and my business evolves so quickly um like I am I love experimenting in my business and changing things, and mm-hmm. you know I'll try a new I, well at that point you know I tried a new service, If it didn't work, I'd try something else um now i've I mean, I've been doing this VIP week model for um a while now, and it works really well, so I know that this is what I want to stick with for for the long haul, but at the time, things were like changing very. Rapidly, And then suddenly I was stuck in this mode for like five, six months where I couldn't change anything because I'd already committed to doing things in a certain way. And I I felt very creatively stifled. And I felt like, um, also it felt like I was working actually unpaid because like the the projects have been paid for so far in advance. Yeah, so kind of early on in the year. And when I'm working on them in May, it was really difficult because I was like, oh, I mean, I've been paid, but it was so long ago that it feels like I haven't been paid. So that was also really interesting uh, to work through. So yeah, not for me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I will say if if, like that is your vibe and that is your version of success, please work for it. But I also love that you're you're showing how that's not necessarily everyone's ideal.
1: Yeah. And I think, and I I totally agree if it works for you, absolutely go for it. But I did just want to share that because I think that is the norm. Like, like you said, that's what we're told to aim for and that if you're doing that then you're doing well and if you're not booked out in advance for x month you're not doing well and that's just not the case
0: yeah no um i also love that you um i love that you hit on this time frame because i feel like especially you know type a creatives here we are like when we make decisions, we want them to be implemented immediately and the faster the better. But you're illustrating that this was a several month long process. And I think whenever you're making big changes in your business like that, you should absolutely plan for it to take three to six months to, to implement like big structural changes in your business. You're not going to, you know, be making big bucks next month on an idea you just had in most cases
1: (laughs) no it's so true and you know wow I'd forgotten about this but you've taken me back Emily I remember (laughs) so I just joined this mastermind I was really excited about joining I had this coach I'd obviously invested quite a bit in this and I was super excited to start but that January I didn't do a thing like I didn't do I didn't execute at all and I spent all of January just thinking Mm -hmm. and brainstorming and I remember thinking I've never given myself this much time to just stop and think about what I want to do and it felt so good it was it felt terrifying because I'm very much a doer so it felt like I need to be doing why am I not doing but actually, just having that time to really think about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to, my business to look, that was the most thinking time I've ever given myself. And it really paid off because I made the right decisions for me at the time. And a year and a half nearly later, I'm still feeling really
0: good about those decisions. Oh, that is, that's invaluable stuff. I mean, you gave it like a proper wonder, right? Like you really sat with it, you really thought it out, and you weren't doing, but there is some important internal work that needs to be done that we definitely don't give enough value to because no one can see the productivity of it, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's all happening in your head or like researching or whatever it may be, but it's a super important part of the process. So I love that you gave it that time and that you're really seeing how that paid off for yourself. So you spent a couple of months like putting this new structure in place at first, not knowing that you were pregnant and then realizing (laughs) you were and realizing this path that you had sort of intuitively chosen for yourself um, was the one that you needed to align yourself with the next steps of your life. What did the next phase look like? So you set this up, you set up these new business structures with the idea that this is going to how you were going to do business. But then you quickly realized that you needed to actually take a break from business. So what? <laughs> Did it look like to plan this break, especially with this new structure in place? Well, I knew that I needed cash, yeah. and so that was that became
1: the main goal. So it became a question of, well, how can I make a lot of money fairly quickly? And it felt like a lot of it was a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure but I try to lean into well, what do I enjoy what do I enjoy doing and what do I think will work? And so I found myself coming up with quite a few different ideas. So we already know that with client work, I'd raised my rates quite significantly and that was going really well. So I was already earning more from client work and I was working less on client work, which was brilliant. And I was only taking on, you know, projects that I really loved. So I felt energized in that sense. And then I also had a lot of speaking stuff going on. So in my industry, in the copywriting industry, I was kind of becoming more noticed and I was getting on kind of virtual stages at the time, virtual because of COVID. <laughs> I was getting on some quite significant virtual stages where other copywriters were starting to notice me and also just express interest interesting want to learn from me. So again, I really thought, deeply and hard about what whether I was going to do this but then I I decided that I was going to create some kind of learning experience for copywriters and that that was going to be a significant part of where the cash that I needed for maternity leave was going to come in from and in the end I decided on a mastermind for copywriters and I ended up doing it and the the great thing about this was that I believe in Pre-selling very uh <laughs> very very deeply. So I never create a thing before having sold it. I I created, I think, the bonus for the mastermind and I created the first module. Did I even create the first module? I don't think I did create the first module. I think I just created the bonus on the sales page. And then I went out into the world and said, "I this is this is the mastermind I'm doing. Like I'd planned it all out. I knew what it was going to look like. I knew what it was going to be like. I asked guest speakers to come and speak. Emily, I asked you and you came and and spoke to my masterminders. And you know, it's so funny because I was asking you and all these other guest speakers to come and speak and I hadn't sold a single spot yet. And I'm thinking just please, please let me actually sell these spots because I'm getting all this stuff ready. Anyway, created the sales page, created the bonus. Um, and then... I told everyone look this is what I'm doing I launched it and it sold out and it was high ticket so high ticket ish it was 1997 pounds uh, per person um and so if I look that up in dollars if that might be like a little helpful for you um I don't is that oh about 2500 USD maybe yeah okay so I had 12 spots and I sold all 12 spots. One person ended up asking for a refund because they'd had a medical kind of emergency. Um, so 11 spots sold and the the majority of the, a couple of people paid up front. The majority of those people paid using the payment plan. And I actually created a six month extended payment plan because I wanted to make it as accessible as I possibly could while also making it financially viable for me. And it's so crazy because I that was one of the best things I could have done. And I was so grateful that those people had paid (laughs) via payment plan because the way that it worked, like the way the dates worked, I had gone on maternity leave and had the baby and those payments were still coming in for a significant amount of time. It was brilliant. Um, So I had that mastermind. I did that. It went amazingly. And then I felt really good because now I had this great program um, that was just all about I don't like calling myself a coach because I don't feel like I'm a coach. I feel like I'm someone who has done the things that the people who joined the mastermind wanted to do. You're an expert. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) So I'm an, okay. I'm an expert in Growing a copywriting business successfully, and these specific people wanted to learn from me specifically. And so I walked them through that and also, you know, just helped them create a a copywriting business that worked for them. And uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I loved it. I found it a little difficult. Um, It required energy because I had to show up a lot, and being pregnant, that was difficult. So that's really something to consider like your your energy levels. Um, But I really did enjoy it. It was brilliant. And then Financially, it paid off, absolutely. And then I had this thing that I knew that I could relaunch again next year. So we'll move on to that in a minute. But some other things that I did to kind of create a cash influx was launch my copywriting course as in relaunch. That was already in existence. Um, So I just opened the doors again to my copywriting course. Um, That one was for all business owners, not just copywriters um, and just teaching them, you know, the kind of foundational skills of copywriting and that went well as well um and again most people chose payment plans so those payments were coming in and that was great and and then i was taking on clients as well and so i had a really great financial year um but i was just like storing away <laughs> that money like a little squirrel with nuts um preparing for Hibernation. I know squirrels don't hibernate, but that was like the only word that's coming
0: to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? Okay. But I'm loving so many pieces of this. I love that you started out with this really practical, and maybe this is even like a practical and very personal thing. Where would you say that you feel like you know, like money is one of those things that makes you feel incredibly safe and secure? Oh yeah, so much. Yeah, so much. So I love that you one know that about yourself, right? Like. In order for me to feel good taking this maternity leave, I need to squirrel away a whole bunch of cash. Right. Yeah. And so you recognize that. And then you went to work on the thing and you thought outside the box to think about, you know, what is it that you are qualified to do, which is an important thing there. I mean, <laughs> be qualified to do it um, to give you the resources that you need to feel comfortable taking this moment. I also love that you had set up your business in a way. That allotted you basically half the month, every single month, to dedicating not to the client work, because that was the other half, but to these sort of, you know, business development things that allowed you to make the extra cash that you needed to put you in a place where you could take this leave in a way that made you feel as like safe and secure as possible. Because like these like you know parenting situations it really is about safety and security it's about getting you to that place whatever it looks like for you and you for you and your business you focused on that you made the plan you showed up and did the work um and you did it thank you
1: i will say that as i got closer and closer to my due date or the date that i knew that i wanted to kind of sign off work i started getting inquiries that It was it was really difficult because I kind of started having to say no to people, and then I found myself saying yes when really I should have been saying no. But you know, I was looking at the dollar signs like, you know, (laughs) I could really do with that. Why not? (laughs) And so by the end of it, um, I was probably a little overworked. I should definitely not have said yes to those final few projects, uh, but I did, and um, you know, I I finished them, got them done, and I did sign off on the date that I had planned to, but. I was a little more tired than
0: I had planned to be. <laughs> sure. D- uh, did you make or did you set like a financial goal in the beginning? And if so, did you make it and or exceed it?
1: I made a financial goal because I knew that I wanted to pay myself a salary for every month that I was going to be off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so not even just for when the baby was here, but the month before as well. So I wanted to take off the month before and then months after and I didn't know how long I wanted to take off so the first question was right well how long how long do you want for maternity leave and my answer to that was I don't know and I want to be in a position where that's okay (laughs) where if I decide that I want to take longer then that's okay and if I decide that I want to go back earlier that's okay but I imagined knowing myself that I'd probably start itching to get back to work around six or seven months Um, And I was right. So by the time I was kind of off for six months, I decided to come back at that point kind of very slowly. Um, But when it came to planning, okay, how much money do I need? I knew that I needed to support myself for at least seven months. So I had that figure and I exceeded it.
0: I love it. I love it. And because you took those last couple projects, because you just just had to scroll away more nuts.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs)
0: But it was great because – I actually I actually
1: went back to work I think for two months and I was still able to pay myself off of the savings so I was making money yeah I was making money and I was able to I wasn't paying myself with the new money I was making I was paying myself with the old maternity savings so that was that felt really good. Oh
0: my gosh, I'm so proud of you. Like, Thank you. you know, what does that mean? But like that makes me so excited for you. What an accomplishment, legit, that you were able – that you were able to do this for yourself and like what self-empowerment you accomplished in like making the plans, sitting down, like doing it and having been able to afford yourself such a – what is – unfortunately a very luxurious maternity leave (laughs) yeah and you know I have to
1: say I have to say I have to add this because my previous experience was so different uh with my with my first son I I was struggling financially very much so when I had my first Mm -hmm. son and um I had a, a very difficult birth with him which unfortunately kind of (laughs) made it very clear that I'd probably have a second very difficult birth and I did Mm. Uh, but with my first one I remember coming home from the hospital having had a c-section a very difficult birth and I was I was doing client work um I don't know like three days out of the hospital oh my god (laughs) yeah
0: oh no yeah
1: yeah and I remember not being able to think straight and having to write this blog post i had to write three blog posts I remember not even being able to think and it was it was horrible it was horrific and so my motivation was just to never ever be in a position like that ever again yeah. so I was really
0: motivated I was really motivated to, for that to just never happen again oh every everyone learn from this please please <laughs> because i cannot tell you how many times i have heard bosses you know going on maternity leave how long you taken two weeks excuse me mm-hmm. excuse me six weeks what like you're just then able to start remembering your own name at about six weeks like <laughs> legit legit really um really? i think and you 3 days not enough <laughs> no, you have no idea what's going to happen you have no and especially if it's your first i think second and third One, from what I've heard, because I do only have one, you obviously know better, right, with your second and third in terms of like what Uh your energy is going to be like or whatever. But I've also heard that sometimes it's easier to get back at it with your second and third than it is your first because like you're a little more prepared for how your life is going to be like completely, like in complete upheaval. Um, So it's a little easier to actually get back with your second and third than it's going to be with your first.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I will say that what I knew from my previous previous experience was that I was probably going to have a difficult birth. And so I really needed to protect that time around yeah. the birth. And then I also remembered that I didn't feel like I could even think straight. Like my brain wasn't working until yeah. my son, my first son was at least like three three months old. So it took about 12 weeks for me to feel like I knew what was going on with the world. And sure. it wasn't on, yeah, it wasn't until he was two years old that I started getting, you know, full night sleeps and actually started feeling like myself again. So I was much more prepared for that side of things. I mean, I still feel like nothing can
0: prepare you. No.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I had that experience. And so I was able to, I, w- I knew that there were certain periods of time that I really needed to protect because it just needed to be about me recovering.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Everyone learn for that, please. If I hear another boss saying two weeks, six weeks, a month, whatever, I'm going to start throwing things is what I'm <laughs> probably going to like. You're going to need longer. Okay. Even if you think, even if you were like the most boss, 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 you're going to need time. And the most boss you can thing you can do is give yourself the time for sure. As bosses, we know the importance of testimonials, right? It's what helps your customers decide to buy you over your competition. And I know it helps you discern where to put your money too. So when it comes to deciding what move to make and how you manage the money side of your business, let me just say that FreshBooks, the easy to use accounting software designed specifically with small businesses in mind, has had over 24 million users, has 4.5 out of five stars on GitHub, and has been a favorite tool for bosses for over seven years, which means something very important. Small business owners like you really love using it, and it might be just the solution you're looking for to invoice your customers, track your expenses, and manage your books. Try FreshBooks free for 30 days, no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash beanboss to get started today. What did maternity, like the month before, a couple months after what did that mean for you? Like, were you, you know, air quotes off, but like still checking your email, still like writing things here and there? Like, were you allowing yourself to do things? Were there things that you still needed to show up for? Or did you just really cold turkey, sign off and not look at another thing for months?
1: This was really hard to figure out because there were loads of things that I felt like I should do. I mm. felt like I... Had to and I and I should completely switch off and that's what a good maternity leave is and if I don't do that then I you know I failed at that and so it was really difficult for me to come up with what that what this actually means for me yeah. and so it took me a while to figure out that I was not going to keep my VA on while on maternity leave because again yep. that would have meant I mean this is something I want to mention. Also, I didn't wasn't just saving for maternity leave. I was also just saving for, I was saving like seven months worth of business expenses as well so that everything in the business could keep on ticking. Yep. Like all those software, all that software and tools and that those things that needed to keep going while I wasn't there. I was paying for that as well. Did, did I really want to pay for my VA and social media manager as well? No, I didn't. So I decided to cut back on the contractors and figure out well what do I really what do I really want what do I really need to do I decided that I didn't want to be available to anyone my main thing was that I didn't want anyone to have to rely on me for anything and that was that so if I decided to show up in some way I wanted it to be because I wanted to and not because I had to so I went about systemizing my basically entire business (laughs) and I hired um, a productivity coach and a Dubsado expert to help me literally just systemize my business so I, I one thing I was really worried about was forgetting like how to do everything because I'd worked really hard on creating this really seriously my I was brain worried. is real I'm giggling because I know <laughs> no yeah exactly <laughs> I was very concerned that I would forget just how to do everything yeah. and I'd worked so hard on creating this you know this this experience for my clients and onboarding and product delivery and client offboarding and I was like I cannot I can't I don't even wanna just forget even just like one little tiny step. So we 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 figured all of that out, we codified it, we have it all like written down and flow charts and all sorts. And then we also, and this is super important, we created a wait list. So I didn't want to be, I mean, I've been on some business owners websites because I did a lot of research on what other people have been doing. Some business owners, you, you'll go on the website and it'll say, you know, right at the top above the fold, I'm on maternity leave until X, Y, Z date. And I thought about doing that, but I decided not to because I still, I yes, I wanted to leave, but I also wanted to like come back as well and make that coming back as easy as possible. So I decided to instead like offer on my website, nothing looked different, except for when you try to, um, um, send an inquiry to me. So then it would let you know, like, Hey, I'm actually on maternity leave. I'm, I'm coming, I'm planning to come back around. Uh, I think I said around February or March. And again, I didn't want to be like too <laughs> committed to a date. And I said, if you want to, if you, if you're willing to wait and you want to work with me, then fill in this form and you'll be put on my waitlist and I'll get in touch with you as soon as I'm back at work. Or I can recommend you to another copywriter if you need to work with someone right now. And I set up an agreement with a few other copywriters that, um, if I, anyone, if I sent anyone to them that I would get like a 10% referral fee. Cause I thought that's a nice little way to make a little bit more cash. And, um, that was all automated. So I didn't need to do anything. Like the person filling in the form just clicks what they want and then the emails would automatically arrive in their inbox. So that was fab. Now I didn't actually make any, like 10% referral fee off anyone because I don't think anybody has to be referred to anyone else. I got a good, I think I got maybe about 15 inquiries and I think nearly everyone, maybe maybe everyone asked to to wait for me, which felt really good. Um, so even just kind of seeing this come in made me feel a little bit more confident that it, it, it might be OK. <laughs> it might be OK when I come back. Um, and so that was brilliant. And the only thing that I really wanted to do was um, keep my newsletter going. So I told because I'm an email copywriter so my email my newsletter is really important to me (laughs) um and I had planned actually to write you know content to batch content in advance but I just didn't couldn't do it in time and then I just thought you know what instead of putting that pressure on myself of you know uh, having to write god knows how many emails to to cover seven months I enjoy writing my newsletter so I'm just gonna write it as I go along um and as I want to so I told my newsletter that hey you know I'm taking a break to have the baby and I'll speak to you soon I'll be in touch soon and then I, when I was ready to, I got back on it and started sending weekly emails because I knew I had I had launch plans early in like early 2022. So I knew that I wanted to be like in their minds and on their brains, but it was great because I didn't have anything to sell at that point. So there was no like sales and I want this and I want that. It was just pure value and just like really fun newsletters and, you know, getting responses from people. Congrats on the baby, this, that, and the other. So I had a really fun time with that. And I, I gave myself permission to continue in that sense and continue with the things that I enjoyed. My Instagram as well, I kept kind of posting. It wasn't business at all, um, but I am a personal brand. So it, it was still on brand that I was kind of updating everyone in my life and what was going on. So those were the two things that I continued. Just posted on Instagram as and when I wanted to. There were no kind of official posts on the grid about work or anything like that. And then my newsletter as well. Everything else, I was fully checked out.
0: Yeah. and you were just doing things that you wanted to do, right? You didn't, and would you have stopped your, would you have stopped either of those things if you had gotten into it and decided you didn't want to? Absolutely. Like if I had
1: started doing the newsletter every week and then thought, oh, I'm not enjoying this, I would have stopped. And also I started at a time that felt good for me. It wasn't like a thing I had to do. So I didn't start it, you know, super early. I started writing again when I felt okay to, and when I just, I just really enjoyed it. Like it was a, it was a break away from everything else, to be honest. And also it was a, it was a source of connection for me as was Instagram. So I'd moved countries, I'm um, away from my huge extended family. So it was really alien for me to be away from, away from everyone and to be kind of dealing with postpartum without them. And so that was really a source of connection for me, my newsletter and, and Instagram and I really enjoyed it. I think I needed it, actually. I think I really needed it.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I think it's beautiful that you built that flexibility into it. I do feel like oftentimes uh, business owners, it can give them more anxiety, the idea of completely unplugging. And the point here is to do things in a way that makes you feel good. And so if staying slightly connected, I also love that for you it was just like those little marketing pieces, the places where you're going to show up in your business, but you were not client facing, you weren't talking to paying people. You were just showing up for a bit of marketing here and there.
1: Yeah. And I also want to add that I had an autoresponder on my email that was like, I am not available. (laughs) I am not here. I'm away having a baby. So here are the things you can do and then direct them to the various forms that they need to fill in and I'll get back to you when I'm back on maternity leave. So that was great too.
0: Oh, I love it. Okay. Then let's talk about the end of maternity leave. At some point you decide well, I'm ready to go back. What did that look like? And what did it feel like Like getting back into it? I was really excited to get back to it. Like I
1: was ready to get back to it, which felt so good. And I knew that I wanted to kind of be working with clients in March. And so I decided that, and I, this is one piece of advice that I really want to share. When you're ready to kind of go back, you want to start, planting those seeds a little bit earlier. So if I know that I want to have clients in March, I'm going to be sending like speculative emails to those clients that I was working with last year in maybe early February to let them know that this is the time scale. This is what it's kind of looking like. Um, Are you still interested in working with me? I made um, the decision to contact everyone on my wait list in early February and let them know like I'm going to be taking on clients in March. So if you want to, if you want to chat, Let's chat and we'll schedule in a chat for then. So that kind of process was happening. It was very slow and it was very gradual. So that felt great. And then I was also, I was also planning a paid workshop because again, by this point, my um the money was starting to kind of dwindle and it it wasn't gone at all. But going back to the idea of me needing like that stash of money to feel safe, it was really anxiety-inducing for me to see this. This figure that I had spent an entire, almost an entire year like saving, disappearing and not being replenished. And so I wanted to make sure that when I went back, it wasn't because I had no money. So I still had some savings. I went back a little bit earlier than I needed to just so that I could have that stability of, you know, I don't need to take any work on. I don't need to take any clients on. I don't need to take any bad fit projects. Um, I'm just... I'm literally, I'm here two months earlier than I need to be because I want to be. And I, yeah, sent out those emails and started working on my launch, which was actually really fun. I enjoyed it. So I had this paid workshop because I decided that I didn't want to do free workshops anymore and free free webinars and um, kind of in the run-up to my launch because I just thought, well, well, well why? Actually, I want to qualify the people that are coming to this this workshop, and I, the I knew the content that I was sharing was really good, and I was like, this this needs to be paid for. So, um I launched this paid workshop. I made a nice little kind of influx of cash, which was brilliant, and then I launched my mastermind. Now, the mastermind launch did not go as well as I wanted it to. Yeah, so I had. 12 spots to fill and I filled five and I gave a scholarship place away as well. So there's six people in the mastermind this time around. Now there were I think there were loads of things that maybe contributed to that. So first of all, I had to like be realistic and and think, well, Iman, you were gone for seven, eight months. So
0: indeed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that may be part of it. And then of course the, I'd launched when, you know, um everything with, with Ukraine was happening and you know people's minds were somewhere else understandably and a lot was going on in the world and I think that was probably another thing that impacted the launch um because people just had other things going on the world was you know crumbling um and so it was it was crazy though because those numbers came in and initially I was disappointed but then when I stopped looking at like the actual number and started looking at the people who had joined and just thinking like, wow, by the way, I'd raised the price of the mastermind this time around. So it was was like 500 pounds more expensive. (laughs) And, you know, this is a significant amount of money and every single person who joined, joined because they believed in me and they wanted to learn with me and from me. And so I owed them nothing but excitement and, you know, gratitude for just believing in my mastermind. And, and so I was, I was super excited and I am excited and the mastermind's been going brilliantly. Every single person that's joined has been fantastic. There've been no refund requests. It's felt really in alignment. And actually I also managed to land um, three projects as well. Um, So I had the launch in March, three projects um, in March as well confirmed. And even though the launch didn't go too well, uh, as in I didn't get the numbers that I wanted, um, I actually had not just my best, month in business but my best week in business ever. What? Yeah. So the the, the month that I came back off of maternity leave. Um and I um, it was pretty insane because I looked at that week and I in that in that in those 6 days I earned more in those 6 days than I had in an entire year working at my old full-time <laughs> job. I'm so serious. <laughs> i am so serious so (laughs) it was yeah it was it was insane and um i you know what that did though it made me realize that it gave me the space to not have to go full throttle yeah and so in yeah so instead of like instead of being crazy about you know getting more clients and also like trying to make up the money that I didn't make in my launch like I was just happy and okay that I could like uh, figure this out I had a few I have a few more months I have a few more months of space to just figure out what I want to do and hire a, a VA to help me because at the moment I am working with um with my youngest son who's seven months old now at home so I'm working around him in nap times and uh that's maybe like two hours a day so I'm doing these client projects and it's definitely been difficult it's been an experience um but I'm I'm just kind of taking each day as it comes right now and I think that's what I really wanted I wanted to not feel a whole load of pressure coming back and I think one of my biggest fears was that I would leave for maternity leave and I'd come back and no one would remember me or think about me oh my (laughs) Um, goodness and hire me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think this is a fear that a lot of people yeah. who are going on returns leave will have. And I think that there are definitely ways to make yourself kind of feel more confident that that won't happen. And so, yeah, I mean, I like to think that, I mean, I hope me sharing this has helped people. Um, I know that I, I'm not an expert on this. I am not an expert. There's things that, you know, I wish I'd done better. But- Like what? Name sh- one. I- I wish I think the burnout at the end. I wish oh yeah. I wish that I hadn't I think I panicked towards the end of my me preparing for maternity leave. Um I panicked and like was overcome by anxiety of just leaving for that amount of time and really overworked myself and burnt myself out. And so then baby was due the same month that I was also moving house. <laughs> So I had a country you know, I'd moved house by that point twice that year as well as moving country, and I just yeah, worked myself to the bone um, and I shouldn't have I wish that I hadn't done that because I needed I needed that space to just you know like shift from
2: mm-hmm.
1: business owner mind to okay, I'm having a baby, <laughs> yeah, don't think I really gave myself that moment to just be like, okay, shift,
0: <laughs> right, oh, but also like. It- I appreciate you sharing that. Do you feel, though, that there is like some regret or resentment around that whenever you look at what it afforded you on the other side of it? Or do you think that you still kind of afforded yourself that like coming back flexibility if you hadn't done that? Like, tell me about the relationship between those two things because there's a lot of cause and effect there. Yeah,
1: you know it's a hard one. I gave myself a couple more months by taking on those extra yeah. few projects at the end. And so I I'm I'm grateful for the amount of time that I had and I think that it worked out really well in in that. I really did go back when I wanted to and when I yeah. felt ready to. And I was itching to book to go back. It wasn't just like, okay, I'm ready to go back. I was itching to go back. I needed to go back. Um, and I was excited too. And at the same time, I was talking to people in my family who were, you know, like off on leave from their work and, and they were like, oh, I have to go back to work. Ugh, I am so not looking forward to this. And I just remember thinking, how blessed am I that I am away from work and all I can think about <laughs> is going back because I'm so excited to, to be back. Um so now I think I'm in a space where I'm just trying to find this balance between. Business and motherhood, and I don't have any childcare at the moment, and I won't for a few months, and so all of that kind of guilt rubbish is coming up for me as well around childcare as well, and it's again, it's so funny because if I was talking to a friend and they said to me, "You know, I feel really guilty because you know I need to put my child in daycare because I need to work," I just think it was ridiculous, <laughs> but you know, right? You but we're so yeah. harsh on ourselves. I was so harsh on ourselves. Um, so it's a work in progress. Yeah. And it will be forever,
0: <laughs> forever and ever. But I I love that you're mature. I mean, I, I heard it had gone well, <laughs> right? Which is why you were here. Um, but I am so impressed with what you were able to do for yourself by acting proactively, by getting your business ready, by, you know being very clear about what your goals were and what would make you feel as if you could take the time you needed and actually giving yourself the time and space that you needed. I mean, you – I feel like you just showed us what is possible, right? If you just like show up and do the work, right? Um, To give yourself the maternity leave that that you needed, that you – just needed and wanted, needed and wanted, which is is probably the most luxurious part of all of it. Um, but I also just want to highlight that this is something that, you know, you didn't work a year on. You worked five years on, right? Like yes. you built a business. And I also love this idea that you came back and your business was like, welcome back with like your biggest week <laughs> ever. Right? Like your business missed you. Your clients missed you because you had worked so hard for so long to build the kind of business that not only would support you before and not only during a maternity leave, but would show right back up for you when you got back too. Thank you.
1: And I love the idea of my business welcoming me back. I love it. Um, and almost as if on cue, I don't know if you can hear baby like screaming. In the background. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't make it onto the recording. Um, but I do just want to add that everything that I've said in this podcast episode felt entirely impossible to me when I was planning all of this. Mm. So this wasn't, this wasn't like, you know, I had done this before I had hit these kind of figures before I was, it it was almost like you're living in a fantasy world thinking that you can come (laughs) up with these numbers in eight, eight months. Um, seriously. So I just, I, I want, people listening to know that um it's possible even if it feels impossible and I think the key like you said is to realize that this wasn't just work that happened over a year it was work that I had done over time and also that it really comes down to having a plan
0: a serious plan
1: and executing on that
0: plan yeah for sure well Iman this has been a tree. I'm so glad that you've shared this journey. I'm so glad that you just I'm so glad that you did this for yourself in a way that I I don't see enough bosses prioritizing themselves and their family along with their business in the way that you've just illustrated that you can do. And I'm so glad you've come and shared all of this with us.
1: Thank you so much. And you're a really big inspiration to me as well. When I think of of business women who are also, you know, um balance and motherhood as well so thank you for doing what you do because mm. seeing people like you do do the work and also be a mom um has really helped me be the mom and business owner that i am and you know throughout the past year, I've been binging the inverse episodes going all the way back to the very beginning when you and Kathleen, yes, (laughs) when you and Kathleen were talking about, you know, um, time management and being a mother and, and also Kathleen going through her, you know, sleep deprivation stage, all that. Yeah, super, super important stuff. So you helped me through it as well.
0: Oh, well, wonderful. Well, just here sharing the journey right, in hopes that it inspires someone to, to show up and align themselves with what it is that they want out of their work and life, for sure. So I appreciate that. Um, I will let you get off to that screaming baby, but first, and <laughs> which I don't hear, just so you he know. He stopped. He
1: stopped. No, <laughs> okay, perfect.
0: Um, but last, well, actually, before we get to last, last question, if anyone wants to know more about you and what it is you, that you do, where can they find you around the internet? My website,
1: Co so that's e-m-a-n copyco.com and same instagram handle at emancopyco.
0: perfect and i will say that we have worked with iman in the past cannot recommend highly enough definitely go check her out if you are looking for services like hers otherwise last question for you i'm interested to hear what you say now what is making you feel most boss Well, I remember my last answer, which was um, so that nobody has to
1: kind of go back and listen to that. My last answer was being able to design my day as I want to and kind of related now, but being able to design my business in a way that has supported my family. Like When I look back on the past year and think about how much my business has, uh, has done for my family, that really makes me feel boss. Yeah. That really makes me feel boss. And I think- it excites me for what's possible in the future and uh just knowing that i have a business that takes care
0: of my family makes me feel boss mm. you are living a dream over there
1: <laughs> okay i i want <laughs> people to know <laughs> that, that i feel like i have to bring it back now because there was yeah right there was there was there was postpartum depression there was there was all, and like, I know, I feel like I'm like piling on the <laughs> sadness now. <laughs> but keep it's important it real, as well Keep it as real as you need that, to. <laughs> but it's so true because we see people like doing amazing things and it makes us feel like crap because maybe we're not doing those things that we deem to be amazing. Sure. But the truth is, there's a whole other story behind doors that you're not seeing. And so there's so much more to this story. We've done the highlights, right? We've done what worked. We touched a tiny bit on what didn't work. But there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of difficulty as well. Um, As you can imagine, just having a baby, right? So all that stuff, I don't even need to go into it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is not all puppies and rainbows by any means. But I do, I do think that you accomplished something amazing with this maternity leave, like really showed what is possible for our kinds of businesses. When most of us, especially solopreneurs or solopreneurs with, with small teams or solopreneurs, who are working directly with their clients who think that this is what you just described as impossible, right? Like they could never accomplish it. Um, how could they leave their business? What are their clients going to think? Um, you know, am I gonna be able to come like all the things you touched on are all the questions that I've totally seen. And you've you've totally illustrated that that it is possible. And you can afford yourself the ability to deal with all of the hard things along the way without also having to deal with a business that's unruly and not allowing you the time off. So Yes to that. Thank you for bringing us back down (laughs) for sure (laughs) of like the reality of doing all of this is not all puppies and rainbows. Um, But you did absolutely illustrate that it is possible to build a boss business that affords you the ability to show up as a parent in whatever way you most desire, especially during a time as significant as allowing yourself six months ish of maternity leave that is that is a dream thank you thank you so much
1: and thank you for asking me to be here and talk about this because this is something that I wanted to do I don't think that we talk about it enough and I'm really grateful that I can even be part of this conversation if it helps one business owner figure out how to plan their pregnancy maternity leave I am happy
0: All right, boss, because you're here, I know you want to be a better creative business owner, which means I've got something for you. Each week, the team at Being Boss is scouring the news, the best entrepreneurial publications, and updates and releases of the apps and tools that run our businesses, and is curating it all into a weekly email that delivers the must-know tips and tactics in the realms of mindset, money, and productivity. This email is called Brood. We brew it up for you each week to give you the insight you need to make decisions and move forward in your creative business. Check it out now and sign up for yourself at beingboss.club slash brood. That's beingboss.club slash B-R-E-W-E-D. Now, until next time, do the work, be boss. Yeah.